Yeah, yeah, give it up. Uh, we're going to talk about that video uh, in just a minute. But first, I got to say good morning to my non-runners. How's everybody who's not doing Bloomsday? Right? Uh, it's the worst running. It's the absolute worst. Um, in case you were like, listen, I keep getting asked every year, you going to do Bloomsday? Here's your excuse. I've, been, I've spent so much time on my knees in prayer lately. They're just like, they just hurt. And no one can be like, listen, that's not a good excuse because then they go to hell. So it's, um, it's perfect. Uh, my name is Trevor. I'm the elementary pastor here at VRL. And I want to talk about this video you just watched. Camp is coming up and camp's a huge deal for us, uh, for elementary kids, for middle school, for high schoolers. It's massive. Tyler made the comment that, you know, I get one hour a week with your kids. If you come every single week, it's 52 hours in a year. Our kids camp is 24 hours long as far, you know, it's six, six hours a day for four days. We get half of an entire year's worth of investment into your kids in one week. In the middle school and high school, they go away to camp for like five days where they're like 24 hours just nonstop. It is a huge opportunity to invest spiritually in the lives of kids and students. That being said, camp is expensive. Uh, again, I think it was Alex in the video. He said it's $600 is what they charge us to take kids to camp. And we just don't want to make you pay that to go to camp. That's crazy for us to go. I, it's, is it worth it? Yes. But is it expensive? Yes. So we're doing this Mother's Day offering next week where like, you don't have to specify this is for camps. Any dollar that comes in next week is going straight towards summer camps for students. So I, I want you to be praying, not should I give to this, but like honestly be going, God, how much should we give to this because of the impact that it makes. If you've ever gone to a summer camp yourself, you will know like, oh, this is, this is a crucial week for, for a lot, a lot, a lot of kids and students. So just be praying about that as well as praying for Dan. Like he said in his little video, while he's out, you're gonna get some great speakers. Ta-da, here we go. Um, let's do it on Thursday. I made a comment how I wasn't smart. And they're like, Trevor, you can't say you're not smart because it makes it look like we put dumb people on the stage. So instead you have to be like, I'm amazing. It's like, you got it. Here we go. Let's roll. So here we are week four of our series, the seven realities of experiencing God. Uh, three weeks ago, Dan kicked us off and he said that God is always at work around us. We are starting from the, from the foundation that whether you want to admit it or not, God is at work around us. And then Tyler came up a week later. He said that God pursues us. He wants a relationship with us and he's not content for us to just like wander around and not know about it. He is pursuing us. And we, we've been using the life of Moses who was uh, adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, was raised in that, in that household, uh, but ultimately encounters God through a burning bush. And then last week, Zach did such a great job of going, not only does God pursue us, like he is inviting us to the work that God is doing around us. Something's always going on around you. Do you even notice it? Do you want to be a part of it? God's saying, please come be a part of it. And so today, week four, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. You're not going to remember that. That's too long. So we're going to shorten it to God speaks. And if we, really, if we really want to take it home, you're going to say, and you listen, okay? God speaks, you listen. This is really important because sometimes we think God speaks and so do I. And he goes, no, God speaks, you listen. 
what, what God is calling Moses to do through this burning bush is he says, hey, my people have been slaves in Egypt now for hundreds of years. And I'm calling you to go and free the slaves. This is what God speaks. God says, hey, go and free the slaves. And Moses, as we learned last week from Zach, goes, no, I'm, I'm not the right guy. First of all, I'm a, I'm a murderer in Egypt. That's why I left 40 years ago. Uh, I'm a shepherd now. I'm old. I have no experience public speaking. I, I have a speech impediment or some sort of stutter. I'm not really good at talking. Maybe you shouldn't send me. And God goes, you're perfect. You're the perfect fit. What I love is this, is that in Exodus 3, 13 through 15, it says, but Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? And what should I tell them? This is fascinating to me because his, his issue while talking to God isn't, hey, you know how everything Pharaoh has had done for 400 years has been free labor? How do I go and tell him that I'm taking the slaves? It's not his question. When I go to the people of Israel, to the slaves. And I say, hey, I'm here to rescue you. And they go, who sent you? What do I say? Because sometimes biblical principles ring true in today's life. And Moses goes, listen, I spent 40 years as the prince of Egypt. I left because I committed murder. And I spent 40 years in the wilderness taking care of sheep. And the people of Israel are gonna go, you're trying to tell me that God sent an 80-year-old man with a stutter to lead our nation. It's controversial now, and it was then. Maybe not the guy. So when I say, hi, what do I tell him? And he says, this is what you do, for the record, I don't think that Joe Biden and Moses are equivalent people. I need to specify this in case you're like, what a hot take. Biden sent by God. Um, in my notes, I did include the words Mo Biden. Um, and, but I was like, I don't want to confuse people. I'm just pointing out similarities in the story. Moses says, what do I tell him? Who sent you? What do I say? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob sent me to you. This is as the kids would say, I'm him. Who, who sent you? I'm him. Yahweh has sent you. Yahweh was the word, the most high God. The scribes were not allowed to write the name Yahweh without taking a shower first. They said, this name is so holy that you are not allowed to write it unless you are clean. So who sent me? I am has sent me. Yahweh has sent me. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's who sent me. It's important you know this, that when you know you're joining God in his work, he is the only justification you need. His, his resume is not great. Um, you're, here to, you're here to lead us. Murderer, shepherd, 
Now suddenly you lead the country. Not a great resume, but he says, but God chose me. Your God chose me. That's what you need. God said it. God said, I'm the one to do this. And when God speaks, things happen. Let's take a little trip through the Bible for a second. In the beginning, there was nothing. It says the earth was formless and empty and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And when God speaks, things happen. There was light. God creates the entire earth out of nothing by speaking it into existence. With Abraham, Abraham was old. He was in his 90s. He had no children. And God says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. You're going to have more descendants than there are stars in the sky. And he goes, I don't think so, man. I don't think that's how this works. And God goes, trust me. Sure enough, years later, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, they have a baby. That baby's name is Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, Isaac has Jacob. And Jacob has 12 sons that become the 12 tribes of Israel. The entire nation of Israel, all the Jews, trace their lineage back to Abraham. He said, I'm gonna make you into a great nation. You have Israel. By the way, Abraham got impatient waiting for God's promise. And he went over here and had an affair with a lady named Hagar. And she had a baby named Ishmael. And Ishmael, he kind of gets kicked out um, because... He was not part of God's plan according to what was going on there. So Ishmael leaves and he starts his own thing called the nation of Islam. So in today, 2023, all Jews and all Muslims trace all of their lineage back to Abraham, a guy who didn't have kids until his nineties. Because when God speaks, things happen. A little bit later in the Bible, God comes and talks to a teenage girl and he's like, you're going to have a baby. And she goes, huh? I don't think so. There's this thing you have to do to have a baby. I haven't done it. He goes, I know, but this is a different baby. This is my son. And her fiance is like, I'm out. And God comes to him and goes, no, you're not. You're going to raise this baby like it's your own. Dude, you're going to be like stepdad of the year. Okay? You're going to raise this kid because he's my son. You're going to name him Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. When God speaks, things happen. That baby grows up. Spoiler alert, it's that Jesus. In case you're like, are there more than one Jesus in the Bible? No, this is, like, this is the one. This is that Jesus. Jesus is with his friends and they're crying at a grave because one of their best friends has died. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And a dead body comes to life and comes out of the tomb. Because when God speaks, things happen. At the very end of his life, Jesus is hanging on a cross. He's been beaten. He's been abused. He's been made fun of. And he says these words, tetelestai, it is finished. And when he says it is finished, the sky turns black. There's an earthquake. Dead bodies come to life and raise out of the grave. The veil of the temple is torn in two from top to bottom because when God speaks, things happen. So when God speaks, listen. When God speaks, listen, because things are happening. But it's tricky for us today because I don't know about you, but like, I've never seen a bush on fire that started talking to me, okay? I've never had an angel visit me. I've never heard a divine voice from the heavens saying, go build a boat. It's gonna rain a whole bunch. 
The way that God seems to talk to people in the Bible is not the way he talks to me today. So how do we do that? Well, the long version of this is that God speaks by his Holy Spirit through four things, prayer, scripture, circumstances, and the church. And so what we're gonna do is, is we're gonna unpack these things, but I need you to know this. As you leave today, here's the goal, that you would turn to the person that you're with and you would say, okay, but how are we gonna do that? Because nothing that I'm gonna say is complicated, but it's hard, okay? I, I'm, you're, gonna, you're gonna leave and go, I came to church and learned that I should pray. Hmm, shocker. It's, it's not complicated, but there's this, there's this phrase that like a lot of times Christians are educated well beyond their level of obedience. And we know what to do. We just don't always do it. So we're gonna start with prayer. God speaks to us through prayer. And I wanna, I wanna show you with an object lesson. I'm an elementary pastor. Kids love visuals. So do adults. Let's do it. So I'm gonna pick up uh, this right here. And really quick, it sounds like a rain stick for just a second. We gotta acknowledge it uh, or else it will annoy me in my ADD. This is your life. These are your circumstances. This is what you do on a daily basis. And this is what God wants you to do, okay? This is what God is doing all around you. And every time that God asks you to do something that doesn't line up with what you had planned that day, it's annoying. Anytime that God is showing you what he's doing, and it doesn't line up with what you had planned, it's an inconvenience. So here's your prayer. Not, God, change my circumstances. God, fix everything around me. It's this, God, not my will, but yours be done. God, please align my circumstances to your will in that this doesn't change, but you begin to see things through God's lens. Suddenly there's a few things going on in your life and you go, oh, I see what God wants me to do. And it actually lines up with how I want to serve God. And the more you pray that, the more you pray that what God is calling you to do would be a thing that you are passionate about doing. This is what you want. You want the perfect circle. Because then when God calls you to do these things, you don't go, it's annoying. It's inconvenient. It's not what I had planned. You go, I'm so excited for this opportunity to join God in what he's doing. And this is going to come up when we talk about circumstances. Okay. Jesus did this. Jesus, multiple times in the Bible, his prayer was, you know, he taught people how to pray. He said, hey, when you pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, he said put some respect on the name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At the end of his life, he's in the garden praying. He says this, God, take this cup from me. He says, I'm about to die and bear the sins of the world and I don't want to do that. But again, not my will, but yours be done. This is what Jesus calls us to do. Not to say God changed my circumstances, but God changed my perspective. Okay, so that's, that's the first part. The next thing is, is gonna be uh, the Bible. This is another one. If you came to church and you went, oh, I went to church and says you read the Bible, visionary. <laughs> no, it's not complicated, 
but it's hard. Scripture says about itself, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I'm gonna read that last sentence again, it's important. God uses scripture to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So from the Bible, if you are not reading the Bible, you are not prepared or equipped to join God in his work. This is, this is not me giving an opinion. This is scripture saying, scripture equips you to do God's work. And we know that God is always a work around us and he, we've been invited to join him. So if we are not reading the Bible, we are not prepared and equipped to do that. When Jesus was baptized, he comes up out of the water. The spirit of God descends on him like a dove. He says, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And he goes in the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And when he is, how does he respond? Satan says, hey, you've been out here for 40 days. You seem hungry. Maybe turn these stones into bread. And his answer isn't, I'm doing keto right now. He says, no, the, the scripture says, Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He quotes the Bible. This is his preparation for spiritual warfare. If you're not reading your Bible and you're not familiarizing yourself with what God says in his word, then you will not be prepared when the enemy attacks. The other piece is this. It does say that all scripture is inspired by God, but you need to know all scripture is equally important but not equally applicable. Okay, let me explain to you what I mean by that. I will be shocked if we ever do a sermon series on the book of Leviticus. Start, start to finish, chapter by chapter. Leviticus, in case you don't know, it's, it's the original giving of the law to the Israelite people. And it's just like 630 something laws that really don't apply to us today. It says, hey, if you're gonna wear clothes, make sure you don't blend fabrics. And if you have mold in your house, here's how to clean it in a scriptural way. And you go, oh, that would, that would not blow up on Facebook. Let me tell you that, okay? But here's why that's important. Because later on in the New Testament, the teachers of the law come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, of all the Old Testament laws, of all the commandments, which one's the most important? There are over 600 of them, pick one. And they think they have him trapped. And Jesus goes, it comes down to this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Can you, do the, can, can you love God with every fiber of your being and then treat others that same way? Can you do those two things? That's what it comes down to. And what Jesus was saying is this. He, he says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. You and I don't have to memorize 630 laws in Leviticus because we understand that Jesus came and said, love God with everything that you have and treat others that same way. This part's applicable, but it helps us understand how Jesus changed things from what it originally was. So we have prayer, we have the Bible, we have circumstances. This goes back to that Venn diagram I held up. As you're living your life, where are you looking for the opportunity to join God in what he's doing? 
Jesus and encountered people all the time, but it was never like he came up after the closing worship song was like, do you feel closer to me now? It's never how he did it. Oftentimes when he was in the church, they were mad at him. He was meeting people on the street. He was meeting government officials on their way to work. He was at markets and he was at watering holes. Like he had conversations at coffee shops is the modern day equivalent of this. And so I need you to ask the question, where is it in my life that I'm being given these circumstances like Jesus was? I wanna give you an example from my life because again, it's never been God being like, hey, I need you to save humanity, build a boat, get on it, all the animals. Like that's never been my story. (laughs) If it's been yours, like, so sorry, man. But recently, and this is, this is a weird story to tell. Um, I like to have a guy for things. Like I don't like to just take my car to a mechanic. Like I need to go to my guy who like works on my car and knows it. And like, if I'm getting a haircut, I don't, I don't love to just go in and be like, oh, I kind of get it like this. I like to have someone where I go, hey, this is how I get my haircut. And they just know, you know, I got my guy and you know, the guy, you know, my person cuts my hair, that's a woman. The guy can be a girl, but you know, it's my guy. I have a guy for a vacation to Hawaii. Never been to Hawaii. I said, I should probably get a guy. So I get a guy. I need to call the guy. I forgot the guy's name. (laughs) How do you call the guy when you don't remember the guy's name? So I get out my phone and I go, I have him saved in my contacts somewhere, but I have like 400 people in my contacts. And before you're like, wow, you're so, no, I don't talk to these people. Um, I've had this phone for a long, long time. And it's just people I haven't talked to in 10 years. So I start scrolling okay, I don't remember this guy's name. I'll know it when I see it. So I just start scrolling and I go, you know, A, B, C, D, no, no, no. And I get to E and I come across the guy's name. His name's Sean. Now Sean's last name starts with an E in case you were wondering why alphabetically that's where he was. Um, I get to Sean's name. I, I've known Sean for probably 20, 20-ish years. Uh, Sean offered me a job 10 years ago before I came to work at VRL. And, but I haven't talked to him since. He lives in North Carolina, and which, by the way, is really far from here, okay? Like, we're not like, running into each other at the store. And I feel God say to me, you should call Sean. And I go, I haven't talked to Sean in 10 years. He probably doesn't have my number saved. He'll think that I'm a spam call because my number is from Illinois, and uh, he, won't, he won't answer. So, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for my Hawaii guy. <laughs> I got vacations to book. Come on, man. I scroll, and he just says it again. He's like, you need to call Sean. Now, Sean works in North Carolina alongside a friend of mine who I was his RA in college. And so there's this guy's name is Daniel. Daniel uh, also lives in North Carolina. And Daniel was recently in a really bad car accident. He was driving from Winston-Salem, North Carolina to Nashville, Tennessee, um, and ended up in the ICU and, and was not around anybody that he knew. And so I, I call Sean because again, I'm like, I feel like God's like not gonna let me leave this alone. So I better do this. And I call Sean and I, you know, hey man, it's Trevor. <laughs> we haven't talked in a long time and you might not even remember who I am. And he was like, dude, how's it going, man? And I said, it's going, it's going great. How are you? How are things where you are? Because again, all I really know is like you, you work with this guy who's been in a bad car accident. He's a children's pastor, Sean is. And I, you know, you got camp coming up and you've got youth ministry things that aren't getting covered now because of Daniel. And I just said this, how's it going? I, I can't really do anything to actually help you. I'm in Spokane. Um, but like, is there anything I'm be praying about? And he's like, dude, you know what? Actually, if you could be praying about this and he like listed a couple of things and I said, okay, real quick, I'm going to hang up. 
in just a second. Like, I'm gonna pray for you on the phone. Um, okay, so I pray for it. <laughs> I, I get done praying, I go, okay, like I said, I can't really do anything to help you uh, outside of prayer. So if you need anything else, you know, prayed for, I'll uh, text me and I'll pray for you. You know, like, click, hang up. And I start looking for my guy again. <laughs> and first of all, that happens three more times as I scroll through my phone. Three more times. I call someone. I just feel like I'm supposed to call you. Anything going on? How can I pray for you? And not a single person was like, nah, I'm good. All three times, all four times, including Sean. All four times people are like, dude, I'm, dude thanks so much for calling. Yeah, this is what's going on. Can you pray for me? I pray for people and I just hang up the phone. I go, hey, if you need anything else, let me know, but I can't really fix anything from here. And I hang up. The next day I get a call from my mom. My mom, my mom goes, hey, I'll never guess who I just talked to. I go, who? She goes, Sean. Why? She goes, well, Sean was actually just, she, he just called me to say, hey, you'll never guess who called me. Trevor. Said, he said, things have been really crazy uh, here in North Carolina. And like, we were just so encouraged that he just called to just go like, hey, like silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I'll give you. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Bye. And, he, and he's hung up. That's all he did. We were so encouraged by that. And I was like, okay. Guys, I have no clue what's happened in North Carolina since I prayed for Sean that day. God is always at work. God's at work in North Carolina. The way he called me to be a part of it that day, which by the way, I was annoyed by, was to just call and pray for, pray for someone. It was that small. It wasn't to like do this giant life changing thing. And sometimes we get these circumstances where like we're just living our life. And God goes, can you, can you do this for me though? Where in your life is that simple, simple, like not complicated thing, but sometimes feels kind of hard? Circumstance. Lastly, we have the church. When I say the church as a way that God speaks to us, I don't mean the building. I don't mean, hey, when you come in here, like you're just like touched by the presence of God. And maybe you are, but that's, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about the people, the body of Christ. That's why we push small groups so hard. That when you join a small group, you're saying like, hey, I wanna be surrounded by people who are growing closer to God through prayer and through the Bible and by serving him and through other people. And there's just sometimes we get spoken to by outside influences. I had Dan ask this question on Facebook. He's, I said, what shaped or influenced your perspective on our world today? What, I want you to think about that in your head for a second. What shaped or influenced your perspective on our world today? And, and there were a lot of different answers. I'm gonna hit a couple of them. Um, Dave and Eric separately said, joining the army, uh, when you join the army, they go, it will change the way you see things, both locally and internationally. Um, Jess said, books and music. And like, dude, so true. So true. I, I believe personally that there is a rap lyric for every single situation in life. And someone's like, no, there's not. And I said that 50 told me, go ahead and switch the style up. And if they hate, then let them hate and watch the money pile up. And, and I live by that every morning. I wake up and I go, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. But I guess every superhero needs this theme music. And, uh, and I live my life the way Kanye would ask. Now, Steve said, my older brother and my mom. My family, the people I grew up with, the people I ate around the table with, and the conversations we had, like that changed the way I viewed the world. Uh, some other people said suffering. 
change your perspective on the world. Having kids, change your perspective. Your parents, going to church, reading the Bible. These things change your perspective. During COVID, your perspective on what was happening, depending on if you turned on Fox News or CNN, was drastically different. On the same situation, like what was really happening, which I don't know what was really happening. I'm not a smart man. What was really happening was happening to all of us. But if you turned on the TV on this channel or on this channel, you heard it differently. And you made really, really strong opinions based on what the people on TV told you. And if you were watching this channel, these people were idiots. And if you watched this channel, these people were morons. Just the way it worked. But we need the church, the people, the body of Christ to ground us in the truth, okay? Did you know that wearing a mask or not wearing a mask was never a salvation issue? I understand it was important. Like if you had immunocompromised family members, like that was an important thing. I'm not trying to say like, you shouldn't have cared about anything, but I'm just saying like, we drew our lines in the sand on things that eternally didn't matter. And we, we need the church to be able to come to us and go, hey, maybe we should focus on the things that matter. And you go back to scripture. Remember, you were reading the Bible, so you were equipped and prepared for what God was calling you to do. And you go, hey, is this thing that I'm really mad about? What does scripture say about this? Does scripture even care about this? Or should I care about the things that God cares about? Should I allow the perspective to line up with what God has? So prayer, the Bible, circumstances, and the church. Okay, but what do I do with that? What do I do when I'm doing all those things and God seems silent? Here's the thing. This is very important. This is, this is the conversation you're gonna have on the way out. Okay, but how do we do this? Because it's very, it's not complicated, but it's hard. Have you created the space to listen? I have a four-year-old son. He loves Spidey and his amazing friends. It's like show number one. And he sits down in front of the TV to watch it. And I go, uh, oh, hey, Crosby. Hey, Crosby. 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 Yeah, dad. Hey, can you, can you do this really quick? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. How many times is God going like, hey, I have this thing for you to do. Hey, Trevor. Hey, Trevor. And I'm just like checking sports on Twitter. I'm just like, the Packers drafted who? What? Hey, Trevor. Trevor. Have you created the space to be available when God speaks? Like, you know that when he speaks, things are gonna happen, but like, are you listening? Do you have to look at the person next to you and go, how do we make the space to listen? I found, I started riding uh, endurance cycling, riding a bike for just a long, long way. And I've learned that when I'm on a bike, I cannot have my phone on and, and available. I can't, you know, be taking notes on anything. My kids can't interrupt me. My wife can't, you know, come and talk to me about whatever she might need. And I, I have this moment of, you know, between one to 24 hours, depending on what part of training I'm in, where God can just talk to me. I've just found that I don't really let him otherwise. If I sit in a doctor's waiting room, if you 
don't get on your phone in the waiting room, you're a psycho. It's just the society we live in. Like, when can I go, I'm gonna let God talk to me? And your conversation is gonna be, okay, so where, where do we create the space? Like, maybe it's like when you're mowing the lawn. Just, God, speak. I'm listening. You have 30 minutes, you have an hour, you have two hours. I don't know how long it takes you to mow your, your lawn, depends how big your yard is. You know, God, speak. Maybe it's when you're driving to work and you go, hey, today I'm not gonna turn the radio on. I'm gonna sit in silence and just go, God, speak. What I'm gonna do right now is gonna be a little bit weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray to close this out, but here's the thing, guys. I'm gonna pray real slow, okay? You're gonna go, did he leave? No, I wanna give you that space. I wanna give you the space to ask this question with God and go, God, like, how do you wanna to speak to me? How can I listen to you? So bow your heads and pray with me. God, we just come before you right now. And God, I just wanna thank you for being a God that, that does big things. And God, we know that when you speak, we should listen. Show us how you want to speak to us, God. Whether it's through prayer, scripture, our daily life, our people, your people. God, reveal what you want for us so that we can join you in all the amazing things that you're doing around us. God, some of us have, have incredible circumstances right now. Things are just going awesome. And some of us have really, really hard circumstances right now and things are not going awesome. God, allow us to use the circumstances that we're in to change our perspective and join you. Amen.